Welcome back to another episode with Allison and myself. I don't even know what we're talking about. I just had to ask her so I could introduce it. And she said, pain, anger, and evil, did you say? Good and evil. Good and evil. So here we go. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, thank you so much for being here again. I'm so excited. Hello, here we are. Another day, another episode, another topic. And today is March 21st, which I feel like the energy is explosive. So by the time you hear this, it will be past March 21st. And hopefully we're all still on this planet as of listening <laughs> to this, because I will tell you, the energy is on fuego today. Fire. Fire. So like, I'm super excited to like get into this. Allison and I were just talking before um, we hit record and we're like, what is going on? I feel like I've lived a month and it's 10 o'clock in the morning as of recording this. So I'm excited to get into this. So thank you so much again for being here with me. I love it. I love it. And I love that we always come up with the topics that are just perfect for what's going on energetically between both of us. We were texting this morning saying, what in the actual F is going on? What is going on? And yeah, so we, you know, we both, I I would say without getting into anything personal, we both had stuff come up this morning. That was like the stuff that is the fire in your belly. You know, the stuff that makes you mad, makes you upset, makes you angry. And I I was thinking about topics because I knew we were going to record today and, you know, thinking, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And of course, aha moment comes. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Anger. Whether you like it or not, right? I think I've just been like really reflecting on this just this morning and the past couple of days, I've really been feeling this fire energy coming like really strong. Mm -hmm. And I've been feeling this and thinking about it and fighting against it. And I feel like, especially in the community that we're in, in the sense of, you know, spirituality and and people when you're kind of like into peace and love and like calming yourself and meditating and all of these things that are calming, right? We think that's the right way to be. And then this fire energy comes and it's like, what do you do with it? And I wanted to ask you today, when you look at the energy of anger, of fire, of movement, is the way I think about it. Why do we have this emotion? Like what, why do we have this energy on our planet? Yeah. The good and the bad, the black and white, you know, like all of those things. And I don't know, what, what do you think about, about that topic? Well, because of the fact that I'm like going through it so much this morning and in the past, anger would have been debilitating because it would have triggered so many emotions in me that it would have turned into like a depression spiral or like incapacitated. Whereas this morning, as I'm feeling this anger come up, it is a catalyst for movement, for conversation, for change, for leveling up. So where I'm at, and I'm, you know, I hope all of you are the same, is for me, I'm using this anger as truly a catalyst for change right? Instead of like something to shove me down and and make me sad or like, I'm not shame spiraling. I'm not, I'm not having low self-esteem or self-worth. I'm seeing it for what it is like, okay, this happened. 
And this is how I'm going to respond and react and be based on what I'm seeing in front of me right now. And so I actually thought about one time writing a book uh, in the near past here called We're All Evil. And I do see it that way. Like I feel that when we look at the idea of good and bad and evil, it's kind of like this othering of emotion or othering of where we can go as a human being. And so it's like, oh, that person is a pedophile. That person is a murderer. That person is Hitler. And because I know for like, you know, beyond much doubt that we are all one and we all come from source energy, which is perfect and divine. But then we come into this very heavy, dense, three-dimensional place called Earth to act out all of the different avatars of personality and experience for clarity and understanding and knowledge and to understand the other side and the duality of good and evil and um, experience that I know that we are all capable of good and we are all capable of evil. We're all capable. It all lives inside of us. It's just whether or not we direct our attention in that way. Like this morning, for example, I got this really crazy news that made me really angry, okay? And some people could be programmed to lash out, to try to destroy somebody, to lose their minds and create maybe a social media campaign against a person or whatever the thing is. Or they can look at it and go, okay, what's truly going on here? And where am I going to go from here? How am I going to use this to empower myself? And so I almost look at like gasoline and the engine from complacency to action, right? And you know, like, granted, we're talking about anger, evil, good, bad, and and they're all kind of different. But I, I think that we have to acknowledge that all of this exists in us. And so what are we going to do with it? Anger lives in all of us, but what are you going to do with it? The capacity for evil lives in all of us, but how are you going to or not to act on it? I remember when I was 12 years old, I had so much anger towards this person. Now, mind you, 12 years old. So think about someone in your life that is 12 years old, okay? And at 12 years old, I wanted to murder someone. And I don't mean sort of, I was planning it. I was going to cut their brakes. I was going to murder them because I was so incapable of controlling my own life experience that I wanted and felt that the only way to be happy and to have a good life experience is if they did not exist. No one taught me that. I wasn't watching scary movies. I wasn't playing video games. I wasn't on TikTok. I didn't have friends around me that were murderers or anything like that. It was truly inherent to me as a child living in suburbia, blue ribbon schools, whatever, that this was an option. This was an option is to take this person out and I wouldn't get caught if I cut their brakes. I shit you not. So I believe that inherently... When we are not given a vehicle for change or, you know, to direct our path in a different way, I think that we are all capable of bad and and evil, quote unquote evil, if we're pushed to that, you know what I mean? And I think that looking back on myself as a 12-year-old kid, so that would have put me, gosh, at 12 years old, I probably would have been in maybe sixth grade. I think that it's inherent 
to the human experience to have that capacity? I think that some of the pieces of that that are really difficult for people are seeing anger as a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because it can be used for bad, but you use the word finding a vehicle. And I think that's probably the biggest nuance with anger that it can be the thing that like, I remember my mom telling me when she and my dad were like going through therapy, I remember her saying like her therapist said to her, you need to find your inner anger. because She was so sad and meek and afraid to change or move or like get out of the situation that she needed that anger to pull her up and pull her through to be able to get out of a really, you know, negative situation. So, you know, that's just one thing I always remember thinking like, like your therapist is telling you to to get angry. Like, what do you, like, that sounds crazy, but, you know, to really understand it in a way where it can be it can be the thing that moves the energy through is kind of like how I see it when I think about it. And that I don't want to say it gets a bad name because, you know, it can be destructive if the anger is taken and the action is used for something to, you know, hurt another person, just like what we're talking about. But we've been given this capacity to feel anger. We have things in this world that happen that are horrible. And I know we talk about all the time, you know, like these lessons that we learn and, you know, it's for a purpose and it's always moving us to our greater good. I think the part of that nuance that I I really want to kind of dig into with you is like, okay, you know, why, why do we need, why were we given the ability as we come into these human bodies? Like, why were we given the ability to feel these quote unquote negative emotions and to do these quote unquote, very, very negative things. You know, when you look at it and you see like anything that could have been given, like, isn't there like, you've got to say to yourself, like, I think this is the thing, right? Like if there's a God, quote unquote, you hear people say we wouldn't have wars, people wouldn't die, things like that. So I think like, that's the nuance that I want to talk about. Like when you look at that, what Like, what do you see? What messages do you get about that? Because I think that's the hardest thing to wrap your brain around as a human. Yeah, and it's funny because I actually was just thinking about this last week or so because there's literally no reason for sickness. There's no reason for war or tragedy. There's no real reason that these things have to happen outside of experience, You know, if there is a God and is good, God's killed more people. If you look at God as like in charge of everything, God's killed more people than any other thing in the universe, right? And so this is happening for a reason from source. These things happen for a reason from source. And so why is that happening? I remember back in my late 20s and I was in this very physically abusive relationship and it was very codependent. It was very, you know, narcissistic, the whole, the whole enchilada. And when he would be abusive to me, I would pray before going to bed at night, God, please let me wake up with the same conviction and the same anger that I'm going to sleep with. Because when you go to sleep at night, a lot of that is lessened, right? You're just like, oh, I guess it's not that bad. And then you go back to the abusive relationship. This is not my ex-husband. I always like to put that in there because people are like, oh my God, is that our ex-husband? And so I think that it is a catalyst to pull yourself up. I think that it is. it can obviously, like in the example of like, let's say war, 
regardless, even when I'm looking at war, it is to bring about either it is to bring about some sort of change. And the change actually, as I'm looking at it, is multifaceted in this example. So what I'm looking at in my mind's eye, just so you know, I'm looking at the invasion of Ukraine right now. And so I'm asking them, remember, higher selves, God, whomever I'm sitting here speaking to, why is it a, a positive quote unquote, positive thing for Russia to invade Ukraine. And so as I'm seeing it, they're like, okay, well, there's a lot of change that's happening because of that action throughout the planet by way of the war itself, by way of the invasion. Things are happening and changing in Russia. Things are happening and changing. They just showed me in Iran. Things are happening and changing in the Ukraine and the United States. So like all of these things are the butterfly effect, but in a very large and non-butterfly way of that war. Also, it brings people together to bond together in a very loving and conscious, positive way because of that negativity. So literally nothing is left unscathed by way of what we see as a negative action. For every negative action, there is an equal positive reaction, even if it's not obvious to us. So we're all learning because of that war. We're all, and again, I think we talked about it last week, from our spirit perspective, there were a whole ton of spirits that decided to come into this life on earth and said, hey, let's be in this war and it's okay if we die because we know the butterfly effect is going to change the entire planet based on this experience. And so, and it, you know, it was interesting when you brought up the word angry, my first response in my head was the angry black woman, right? And how that is so looked down upon and it is so weaponized. And if we look at the idea of the angry black woman, the angry black woman or the black female of life on earth is one of change. A black woman is one, it's, you know, the educator of the family. It's the leader of the family. It's, it brings about change from everything from dance and music and art and fashion and education and all of these things. So when we say angry black woman, what are we doing? We are trying to quiet her catalyst for change. We're saying we want to negate this person who has the most capacity for changing our planet than any other human in existence. We want to quiet her. As white people, we honor nice, quiet, demure, sit in the corner and color. And when we see white girls acting angry or whatever, it is looked down upon as like, she's crazy. She's nuts. She's just a crazy bitch. So if we look at people who are the catalysts for change, and I can go all the way back to Jesus when he was flipping tables, right? Let's go back to that moment when he was angry to the point of like Teresa Judice flipping table, you know, moment, housewives of New Jersey. Like he was trying to use his anger as a catalyst for change of what the norm was for the times. So without anger, without that fire that can and hopefully does live inside of each and every one of us to call out wrongdoings or bad behavior or oppression or whatever it is, 
we would all be the Buddha on the mountain sitting there meditating all day. And like you said, like we want to meditate in the spiritual community. And yes, that is to quiet the mind. But at the same time, we also need to look at anger, which anger is, as I've said before, anger is the check engine light to betrayal, hopelessness, helplessness, abandonment, forlorn, effort unreceived. Anger is the expression of the emotion that you're actually internalized. And then you see that internalized emotion, this negative emotion expressed as anger. But without anger, we would have never had the civil rights movement. We would have never had all these things that have changed and regulations against. I mean, I just I don't know if you've ever seen I think it's a Netflix documentary about a Ford automobile company and they were videoing in these woods and you can see the paint had become part of the landscape. So when they would dig up the earth, you would see the paint from the plants like in the tree trunks and in the, the the mud and the water was like red and blue with paint. I sit there and think and people are like, oh my gosh, there's too much regulations. And I think back to that uh, documentary every single time and like humanity, okay? And I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but it's come up a couple of times this week. So let's do this. The thing that keeps you as a human and not spirit one of the primary components to being a physical human is carbon. Mm. The scientific number of carbon is 666. Oh, yeah. Okay. So humanity, being a physical human, i.e. pretend like your spirit didn't exist, is inherently predisposed to negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much the only thing that keeps like if you think about if you think about someone who has completely walked away from their spirit, right? They have quote sold their soul to the devil, i.e., the only thing that matters in life is money, power, greed, etc. Right. So these are people that they have shown psychologically that the higher you get up and making money and power and like let's say a company, the more predisposed to mental illness you are, and literally almost like a psychosis of greed and evil. Like they have proven this scientifically. Okay. This is not a Meredith thing. And so those people have walked away from maybe good wages or equal time off or sharing the wealth in any way, shape or form. All the money is going to them, right? This is when we see like a CEO making, I don't know, $20 million a year and the employees are still making $12 an hour, right? They can't even afford a living wage. So this is a person who is slowly but surely justifying them walking away from their spiritual knowings of right and wrong, that people should be able to feed their children. Mm -hmm. And so, so when we lean into that, that person is leaning so far into the gravity, the beautifulness, the, the intrigue of being a human being and what this three-dimensional world has to offer them, that they are, in essence, kind of closing themselves off to that which is their spirit that says, um, your employees have no health care and right. they can't afford to buy their kids shoes and, you know, school clothes. And so I look at that and I'm like, that is when you read in the Bible and I'm not a Bible person, but there's certain things that stick out to me. And I go, eh, there's something to that. When it said, you know, like the devil is the prince of earth, 
right? So the devil, the liar, the greed, the, 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 the evilness is what is running the physical three-dimensional self. And it is up to us to decide if we want to lean into that or if we want to lean into our spirituality and faith and love and kindness and generosity and making sure that everyone has what they need on this planet, even if it has to come from our pocketbook. And so we are all capable of this as long as we are sitting here living inside of physical matter matter, and you're listening to this podcast. You have the capacity, the propensity towards evil because that which is making you human is in essence capable of evil. We mm-hmm. are all evil. It's up to us to choose not to be in every moment and every decision. Yeah, a hundred percent. We have the steering wheel. So getting more esoteric on that, because you know, I love to do that when you're looking at, because in my mind, I'm a very visual thinker and you are too. When you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, God's up there, big shining light, but he's, you know, he's every, everyone, we're all part of the same spirit. And then there is this evil, so to speak, right? There's this other side of the coin. There's this darkness, whatever, however you want to think about it that exists, like what you're talking about on, you know, in an, in an earth plane per se, is that evil quote unquote, right. Or the, the negativity or the other side of that, the propensity Mm -hmm. for anger, all of their, not anger, but you know, bad things. Is that still part of God? Is that within God or is that a separate thing? When you look at spirituality, so let's say that there's this whole like Let's say there's a football team of spirits and then there's a football team of humans, right? If we look at the football team of spirits, we're looking at them and they are using mental telepathy to communicate. They can change locations just by thinking about it. They can create all and anything that they want. The love is endless and limitless and omnipotent. And it is always, always, always positive, right? Mm -hmm. And, And they learn in a different way than we learn on earth. And I was watching this video the other day of this man who had died and like remembers everything. And he's just like this, you know, like a blue collar guy and whatever. And he came back and he's like, you guys are not going to believe what I saw. And he explained how as he was coming back into his body, he went through, he kind of described it as like this heavy and dark thickness before he ended up back in his body. And I've been thinking about that for a couple of days, like what what was that that he went through from being in this unbelievable, beautiful love? And as he made his way back to earth, he had to kind of like go right through this heavy, awful darkness. And in my mind's eye, as I as I thought about this and, and really contemplated what that could be, the only way that I could see it was like, there's no way they're showing me something else right now. There's no way that that love can exist in a human body without going through that density. And, and like, we don't even realize how dense we are. We don't even realize how heavy it is to be in this human body, but he was able to experience that transformation from pure love to the physical experience, that morphing through that um, plane, if you will. And 
what's interesting is when I'm sitting here looking at it, like when Jesus was on the cross and, and I know it's been misinterpreted, but it was something to the sense of that, like God could not look upon the sin that Jesus was taking on himself for X amount of period of time. And it's so in line with this situation of this guy going through this heavy and denseness. It's like that which is spirit cannot experience the three-dimensional density without going and transforming into something so completely different. It has to transmute from the purity to the heaviness that is humanity. And it's, and it's profound. And it is, we don't remember what it's like to be spirit. We, we can't remember because it's almost when I'm looking at it in this moment, it's like they can't exist at the same time. It, it has to be transmuted in, in such a way to allow us to be here because we are so not of this planet. So when you're looking at the football team in, in spirit land and they're like living this great heavenly loving existence and then you look at us down here and you're like, why? What they're showing is, is that when we're in this three-dimensional body, this is the hardest planet to live on. This is the teaching planet. This is the learning planet where everything is really, really tough and emotions are involved and pain and physical pain is involved and loss is involved and trials and tribulations. But like, I have learned so much before 10 o'clock this morning because of difficulty. I have learned who I am and what I'm about and what I'm capable. And then I'm capable of difficult conversations and I'm capable of hearing difficult things. And I'm much, much stronger than I even was yesterday. And I'm even stronger than I was when I went to bed last night. And I am so capable. And so I am feeling myself inside of this dense human body, but recognizing all that I truly am and all that I'm truly capable. And I was watching this video last night and it was this gal, she does delivers channeled messages and everything that she said was so on point and in line. It was literally like she was speaking to me. So I'm just going to go with that because, you know, why not? And she was like, this is your time, your lesson right now, beyond all lessons is to recognize that you are truly an extension of God, not sort of, not kind of, not a little bit, but 100% an extension of God. And you are powerful and you are allowed good things and you are allowed love. And it's so true. But if I would have just been the wilting flower-ish that I was yesterday, without this catalyst of anger and frustration to find that part of me that lives inside of this body, I would have remained who I was yesterday at three o'clock, right? So all of it, I, I've said this before, I don't know if it was in a video or on, on a podcast, but I believe that narcissists are on this planet to drive you so goddamn crazy, to like make you think that you are, you're, you, you, you question your reality, you question your mind, you question like, wait a minute, this person's gaslighting the shit out of me before the word gaslighting exists. So you had no idea what was going on. 
And they're like, wait a minute, did they say they were coming over? Did they say they took the trash out? And now they're saying they never said that? You are put in this position of constantly questioning your reality. And it happens over and over. And then you break up with that boyfriend and you get a new boyfriend and your mom's a narcissist and the next guy's a narcissist and the next girlfriend's and the next friend's a narcissist. And it happens over and over and over again until you finally learn the lesson to stop caring what anyone else says, to stop leaning into anyone So through those horrible narcissist relationships, you are catalyst into believing in yourself and listening to your own voice and knowing your reality and knowing that everyone else is full of shit. So like through these bad situations, you are revealed, you find yourself. And so through this shit thing this morning, I was revealed yet one more step. I was revealed. I was like, wait a minute, I can handle this. I can do this. I am actually a powerful person. And so just like you look at all the people that marched during the civil rights movement who had put up with so much bullshit forever, forever, right? And they're marching through the streets with Martin Luther King at the front. How powerful did they feel in that moment? How empowered they would die for it. They were able to be beaten for it and use fire hoses for it. And they knew and they believed in the self and they didn't care what anyone else said. The world had had gaslighted the African-American community forever in this country. And they said, I will die before I let it happen another day. They had completely stepped into their power and revealed to themselves and their community and the world around, I know who I am and you are not going to take this from me for one more minute. And I actually just made a video this morning on TikTok about this because it's been revealing itself to me over the last uh, couple weeks. This started in November with, with recognizing avoidant attachment. But when you grow up and your parents say to you, be happy with what you have, You know, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And then you accept scraps from your parents or your friends or whatever the situation is. And you learn very quickly that you should be grateful for anything that you have. And and I think that it's a it's it's a fine line. I think we might have talked about it last week. I'm not sure. Zoom. Yeah, we talked about it on Zoom. On the Zoom, that's right. The difference between gratitude and accepting. And I think that as we are awakening, as we are becoming woke, as we are becoming and stepping into our own power as a whole, as a collective and as individuals, we have to recognize that are we accepting 60% are and, and are you empowered enough? Are you whole enough? Do you believe in yourself and enough? Do you love yourself enough to ask for all of it? And I think that anger a lot of times is the catalyst to saying, screw this. I am not accepting scraps. I'm not accepting 60% from anything or anyone ever again. And I deserve all of it. And I'm going to ask for it. Yeah. So powerful. I was getting chills when you were talking about, you know, MLK and just imagining that because without the emotion of anger, like what, where are all those things? Where is the change? 
There is no Where is it, you know, these things that in the moment, because this is also what I was thinking when you're talking about that, you know, some things that we see, especially, you know, on the news or whatever it is are framed a certain way. People are angry. People are doing things at the time we look at them. Oh, those people are crazy. Oh, those people are X, Y, Z, whatever it is, you know, just like they did with MLK, for example, at that time, right? Like he was not like at the time, it wasn't like everybody, it wasn't like the community yeah. coming mm-hmm. around and saying, oh, this is, guy is so great. No, it was after the fact when you had the ability to look back on it and to understand it and to be removed from it. And, you know, for the nuance, some of the nuances of how it was handled then to, you know, to have space. But it's so interesting just to like, to watch how it really is. It's like, it, it is, it's like a, it's like the spark that starts the fire yep. and without it, where are you left? You yeah. Know? We just, we let the people that want to be in charge, stay in charge. Like what, look what they're doing with TikTok, right? So a lot of people are anti-TikTok. And if you look at the new information that we're finding out is that Meta, Facebook hired a company to create basically a smear campaign against TikTok because TikTok was taking all of the creators and all of the viewers away from Facebook, which is how they make their money. They're they're Facebook. And so they created this huge campaign. And as I'm looking and learning more and more about this, it is literally the talking points that I hear from people who say that face that that TikTok is owned by China. They're stealing all your information. It's spreading the LGBTQ message, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is exactly what Facebook did was hire this company for a smear campaign to make the like the world believe that TikTok is bad, right? Well, now what we're finding out is that the government wants to also shut down TikTok. So now they are being played and are in cahoots with Facebook. Well, why would that be? Why would they want to shut down TikTok? Let's see, maybe because of the fact that we are sharing information in real time and because of the fact that they control the news narrative. They control what we hear. When you watch the six o'clock news, from the minute the news turns on to the minute the news turns off, it's how bad black people are, how they're committing crimes and it's black on black crimes. And, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and your politicians are basically going to save you from all of this. It's power over. And so we have to look to our politicians to save us from the bad guy, right? And so with TikTok, we're sharing information in real time. Barely any of the news stations covered the train uh, derailment that is horrific in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Most of the real-time information that we received as a community, what was really going on, came from TikTok and social media outlets. What we're seeing in Iran is coming from TikTok and social media outlets. What's going on in this world with with shootings and with you know misinformation is coming from TikTok. We are banning together as a nation and as a world sharing information about health, mental illness, sickness and disease, politicians, corruption. And we are banning together literally by the people and of the people for the first damn time. And the government knows this. And so they're like, this is way too scary. We can control Facebook. We can get bots in a room. We can like, we can antagonize, we can send out news articles that are and aren't real. But TikTok's a different animal. These are real people on the scene doing good work, sending out information. And 
the way I look at it is 100% we are trying to be silenced so that they can continue to control the narrative of what we are talking about to each other. 100%. To each other. And when I woke up this morning, the channeled message that I received was mind-blowing. And it was so funny because then I got on the phone with my sister, which we don't talk very often just because of time and, and jobs. And she like literally brought it to my attention. So the message I received this morning was that school is a gateway to prison, K through 12. You are told what to eat, when to eat, where to stand, not to talk, um, that you're not allowed to go to the bathroom, that you will ingest this information. You will not move. You will not use a pen when you're told to use a pencil. You're not allowed to have snacks. You're only allowed to play in the yard, they said. You're allowed to go out in the yard for 15 minutes at a time. You're transported on a bus. You are not allowed to leave the school in the middle of the day. Like, All of these things are a pipeline to prison. And then they showed me what prison was. It's either real prison or worker bee prison. It is literally 13 years of programming to follow the social norms and ingest the information that the powers that be want us to have, which is why they are banning books, which is why they are not allowing certain curriculum to be taught in schools. I don't know if you've heard this one, but this one really blew my mind this week, which was there they are changing that you cannot teach in some states that Rosa Parks was a black woman. What? Yeah. Because we don't want to empower or let any white kids or black kids know that this woman who stood up for herself was a woman of color. So we're just going to annihilate and ignore and take away her race. Yeah. Well, the books are written how they want them to be written now, which is just the word. And and you know what? And this is not a new problem. You know, this is probably a whole other podcast that we could do, but I think it's just... This, but now, like what I think what you're saying is there's so we have this technology, real time information that so many people are a part of. And it's much harder to control versus, you know, physical books that can be burnt. Right. Like yep. that's the way it used to happen. And I do think this is such a big thing energetically right now that's happening that oh, you it's know, huge. People, not only are everybody's like waking up, but also people are waking up to the corruption that has they have been living with they've been swimming in forever and not 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 realize that so that's so so interesting and I mean to go back to the topic of anger right like you can't get angry about something you don't know about nope right and they want to keep you can't, us not- you can't be angry <clears throat> if you know if you're distracted and thinking that someone's gonna come over here and save you yep. so it's yeah, it's it's super interesting. Why do you think that this is all culminating now? Because I do really like I feel like you feel like that. And yeah, I definitely feel that that's kind of the weather forecast right now energetically is like that is what's happening right now. Yeah. So if we look back to Trump getting elected in 2016 and three months prior to that, I was given the message that he would win because he, quote, had to. And I was blown away. I was like, what does that even mean? How does that even translate? I don't even get what, you know? And I came outside and I told my husband, I'm like, I just got the message that Trump had to win. And Trump was the beginning of undoing all norms. 
all the norms were falling away, social norms and physical norms and the way we talk, the way we look at women, the way we talk about um, race, the way all of it is undoing. It's like we're popping this large pimple of normalcy, right? And it exploded over a four-year period of time. And then let's introduce COVID because yes, it's so normal to live through a pandemic or whatever you want to call it, regardless if you believe that it's real or unreal, regardless, we were locked down. The schools were closed. Shit was shut down. So no matter what you feel about what COVID is or was, the result of it was real. You were locked in your house. So then let's add that on top of it. And so then people started working from home. So all the norms, the way that we live our life, the way that we experience sports and education and transportation. And I mean, I still, when I go to get into UPS for whatever reason, I probably, because it was a pain in the ass to hold boxes and put a mask on at the same time. I'm still like, oh, do I need a mask? Like I still have that trigger inside of me. So everything that was in your body as a norm of life was completely thrown up in the air, turned on its side, and then thrown back at you and said, now figure it out. And I said this the other day was like, at this point at 2023, where We're on the precipice of Donald Trump perhaps being arrested. We don't know what's going to play out with this. But let's say he does. Let's say he doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's the concept that it can happen. Like, think about back in the JFK age. That would have never happened. Let's think back to even Bush. That would have never happened. I mean, now all of a sudden it's totally possible. Now, if I said to you, hey, there's an alien above the White House right now, like they have a UFO above the White House, you probably at this point wouldn't even turn the television on. You'd be just like, well, of course there is. (laughs) I know. Of course there's a UFO above the White House. Of course this is happening. Nothing is normal. Nothing will ever be the same ever again. And the reason for that is because we are on the precipice. We are within the cocoon of profound change away from X. And I don't even know what I would call X to Y. Mm -hmm. And the reason they use statements like make America great again, or we need to go back to the traditional family or the LGBTQ is ruining America and it's ruining the fabric of family and all this other stuff is because of the fact that with where we are headed, which is away from the churches, away from the old way of school, away from mom and dad know best to empowerment and self-knowledge and spirituality and away from hating ourselves and having shame for have you know for having sex or you know being a human being to empowering women and and loving our sexuality and you know empowering change and and differences and equality that is scary to people that need to live inside of a box that is scary to people who in the past, white men have been in charge. Because if they're not in charge, then who is? And what does that look like? And that is where we are headed. And that's why TikTok is so scary, because it is empowering for the first time by the people, for the people. And this is a whole new, we thought we were by the people. We are not. If every American went in and decided to take all their money out of the bank, we would literally collapse all of America. 
And we could literally do it. Like we are in more control than we realize. And I know people listening to this like, don't do that. Like my mortgage is there and my investments are there and whatever else. But that is where we are headed. That is where we are headed because I think that people are over living paycheck to paycheck, allowing there to be a CEO that makes $20 million a year or $3 million a year while everyone cannot feed their children. And Pete, like I, I talked to a guy and he said that he was in charge of physicians at this huge hospital in the United States. And he said, you know, nurses are quitting left and right because they're sick and tired of the entire medical community riding and surviving on the backs of 12 and $20 an hour workers while these physicians are making huge amounts of money, which by the way, so that they can pay medical malpractice insurance. So there's that. But there's such a disparage, disparage? What's the word? Disparagement. Yeah. Disparagement. In income. In mm-hmm. income. And, yeah. Control and, time, and people are all of it. Yeah. People are over it. But this, what you're listening to me, what you're seeing is a catalyst. And sometimes we need a kick in the ass. And maybe COVID was that kick in the ass. Maybe racism is that kick in the ass. A lot of the anger that you saw because of like all of this, this coming up of fascism and this coming up of outward racism and outward anti-Semitism, that is a catalyst for change. They themselves don't even realize that their own actions are bringing about their destruction. Because if they would have just stayed in the closet, we would have let them just live on their own. Mm-hmm. But Trump, with you know the grabbing by the pussy and you know these awful rapists and murderers coming over the border, that language unearthed these behaviors and thought processes, and it will be their own destruction because of them outing themselves. So they are literally destroying themselves by coming out of the closet. It might not happen in my lifetime. I would say it would probably happen within the next 20 years, but it will move away from that because what is done in the dark will come into the light. And that is what we are seeing. And when it comes out into the light, then we can fix it. Look at all this stuff with human trafficking and pedophile. Like we're fine. We're finding it's being unearthed. These people are coming. Exactly. We're going through. feels like a purge. hundred percent. It's exhausting, but it's also, and I try to teach my kids this too, because I, you know, you don't want to squash you don't want to squash the anger inside. Like if you're talking about parenting, for example, you don't want to squash the anger inside of your children because yeah. number one, it's not going to happen. Number two, it's going to go out in some you know crazy other direction. So it's like you almost have to, you have to take that energy and like channel it, right? So it's funny that you're talking about MLK because I was just giving that example to my kids about like how you can say anything. You can say anything anything, literally, as long as, and you can be mad as long as you're respectful, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, how do we, how do we channel this anger? How do we channel all of this stuff into a way where it can be productive? And, you know, the purge can happen in a way where it can make the change that needs to happen with, I guess, the least amount of damage possible, right? Like how, how can we do that? And I think that (laughs) they're laughing at you. That's the question. What did yeah. what did I say? No, they're laughing in the sense of it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. You know, if we look back, so there's been, uh, I've been listening to things and where they talk about that everything happens in an 80 year cycle, which 
that's no surprise is basically the average lifespan of humans, right? So every 80 years, everything repeats itself. So if you go back and you look at what happened during the 1940s, it's like, uh uh-huh. Yep. That's where we're at. You know, and so because and, and it's interesting because the way that they showed it to me was you have to repeat everything, every lifespans, because when we look back at, let's say, the camps for the Japanese in California, we look back at that and go, God, how did they let that happen? But they were innocent Japanese people living in the United States as citizens and like what they were just they were just collected and taken away we're doing it all over again with people from this you know mexico and such yeah doing it with children there's still like 600 kids or whatever that have no parents they cannot find their parents they cannot find their children and it doesn't matter that they're illegals or not legals or whatever you want to call it the fact is is we took children away from their parents and didn't do anything to document it. And now we can't find their parents. So like we are going to be looked back upon by the next generation and go, how did they let that happen? Yeah. How did they ban books? How did they let that happen? How were they extinguishing the LGBT plus community? How did they let that happen? How were they killing women? Because now they're calling for, I don't remember what state it is for execution for women that get abortions. How did they let that happen? We are living in the, how did they let that happen era? And it's happening right now. But yet we look back at Hitler. We look back at concentration camps. We look back at the internment camps of the Japanese and go, how did they let that happen? Right. Same story, different channel. Same story, different channel. And so the thing of it is, is it's going to get messy. It's going to get messy before it gets clean. And it might be even worse Yeah. What do you see when you look at that? What do you see when you look at that from like a timeline perspective? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that, but just, you know, generally. And then like, what do you, what do you see moving forward? Cause I don't know. I really feel like we're just like, we're like right on the (laughs) edge of, of a lot of movement. I just feel that really deeply. Well, the thing I find most amazing is that if you talk to the general population of shoes and purses, and Mm -hmm. I, by, by that, I mean, my husband, um, and people that are just living their everyday life who are not paying attention, they right. do not feel the same things that you and I are feeling. They are just going about their day. They go to a 40-hour work week. They come home, they eat dinner, they watch television, they go to bed, which I find fascinating. Like It's like literally they live on a different planet. But that is why there's the, the people like you and I and so many other people you know, that are bringing about and and it's so funny because what they just showed me is like all these conservatives that are trying to get rid of public schools and bring in charter schools it's going to be their demise it's literally going to be they think that they're like oh we don't want public schools because public schools are indoctrinating kids it's like i don't know how to tell you this like but they think that we're indoctrinating kids towards woke but they don't understand is what's going on is still indoctrinating them towards conservative white values and patriarchy. And that as they undo the public school system, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. By banning the books, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot, which I find so fascinating. But when I look to the future, I'm seeing probably over the next 20 years, which I know sounds like a ton of time, um, that we're going to see a falling away, going back to homesteading, going back to um, a very, very different way of life that is both futuristic and also a little bit kind of like old school, but not in the make America great again sort of way. 
And so it's it's interesting. It's going to be much more centered on the individual, but yet also community at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a different way where there is going to be a global community. I think that's where things like um, cryptocurrency is going to come into play. I think that we're going to turn away from having employees and instead hiring independent contractors, which will then lead to having to have um, national health care because people are not going to be wanting to or affording or want to work for a company. So like be be it from the, the business end or the employees end, people are going to be done with being employees because they don't want to work 40 hour a week and just sit in their desk doing nothing 10 of those hours. So yeah. we're going to start moving away from um, this very structured life that we have been living and and it's so funny because as I see it, the, the the conservatives that are pushing their agenda for the conservative white patriarchy agenda is literally the ones that are bringing it all about. And it's going to just completely smash them in the face. They don't even know that they're the ones that are bringing it. They, they don't even get that they're the ones shooting themselves in the foot. It's so interesting. And I feel like, it. I mean, you just, you know, logically thinking about it moving forward, I feel like it makes so much sense, both like on an individual and collective basis. You think about, you know, like even just when I hire people or looking at people's resumes today, like it is so different even than it was like 15 years ago. Completely different. Completely different. Everybody, yeah, everybody wants the flexibility to do, to work from wherever, whenever. Of course they do. I want that flexibility. If it can be done and frankly can be done better. Better. Because you have happier employees. Yeah, They're done working time. at three o'clock. They can go to their kid's baseball game. They don't have to schlep home on a train for an hour. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, work week is a joke. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an actual week. joke. Because, and there's some people I mean, that are working 80 hours a week. Exactly. And the product, the funny thing, the reason that it's a joke is because the productivity that you get out of a 40-hour work week, whatever it is, like, I guarantee you, I, I, I talk with my business partner about this all the time. Like you never get more than 25 hours. Mm-mm. It's, it's just, around. it's, it's because of being a human. Like, it's just, this is not how we were meant to be. And I do think like all of the, you know, all of the change that I really truly believe is coming is for the best. And I really just, I really am just so like excited to see <laughs> excited is probably the, a bad one because I know it's going to be crazy, but I really am just like, like this change needs to happen. Yeah. You know, we need to get there we need together. To get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming. I don't know why I signed up for this period of time. Like I would like to have not like, this is rough, but you know what? Things like podcasts and social media and all of it is what makes us be able to get through it and know we're not alone. You know, we're not alone in the struggle. We're not alone in the thought process. You know, we're not the crazy one that's just the only person thinking this way. And so it's, we just need to be fluid. We need to roll kind of with it as best as possible and watch it play out, you know, and and don't be afraid of anger. Don't be afraid. Like, why am I so mad about this? Well, you're mad because that's a catalyst for change. That's your gasoline, you know, use that as your gasoline. Mm-hmm. And and don't be afraid of it. It's okay. And, you know, if your kids are acting like wackos this week or your dog's being a lunatic or you don't feel like getting off the couch and you have no motivation, 
understand that that is part of the energy of the collective that you're feeling. Like, just like you are having a crazy day, you don't even know what's going through your kid's head or your husband's head or your employees. Like, they're all feeling it in some way at different degrees. And something as simple as putting your sock on in the morning could like set you off or being out of milk. And so there's everyone's dealing with something. And so grace, grace and patience and love and kindness and just like letting people do them without harming other people. You're just going to have to give people their space right now. And maybe for a while, you know, maybe for a while. Yeah, I think that's such a. And I mean, think about it. I don't want to kill anyone this week or cut their brakes. Like, so this is a good thing. It's a win, Mayor. It's, it's a win. win. Everyone's Can we like, get a slow clap? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we listening to a woman who wanted to commit murder at 12? Like, there's something there. I've grown, people. I've grown from that. I now have, Nick, use your words, Meredith. Now I'm using my words instead of my brake cutting snippers. Okay, well, this really came full circle. So I, mean, <laughs> I do have a way with that. <laughs> you do. I love you. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me again. I love it so much. Not oh, sitting here so just fun. talking to myself for an hour and you like keep me on point and giving me more stuff to talk about. So thank you so much. I, I love it. It's so much fun. We have to keep doing this. Yes, I love it too. Thank you for connecting with me on all these awesome points. You're the best. Everybody, if you haven't liked the show yet, wherever you listen to podcasts, go over there and leave a review. Go ahead and leave five stars. We'd really appreciate it. Feel free to email me at MeredithWillits at gmail.com or connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear what you have to think about all of these crazy topics that we're talking about. And we will see you here next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y. For behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes, please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.